Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. From the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. America's favorite late night talk program. Featuring interesting guests from around the world. And calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Welcome to the program. If you want to join us tonight, it is Wednesday night, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ is the phone number. And the impeachment inquiry into Joe El Baboso Biden continues. Uh, we'll discuss that a little bit with a member of Congress who's scheduled to join us. The CIA has lied to us about covid and where it originated, obviously from a Wuhan lab. And Biden lied to us about his son's business dealings and taking money from Ukraine and China. And that's according to the Washington Post. The Washington Post. Matter of fact, David Ignatius from the Washington Post recently called for, um, I think it was earlier today or yesterday, he said that Biden should uh, consider uh, stepping aside. And I think that's, uh, that's very telling. That the Washington Post is coming out so strong. And I don't mean even the Democrats think he's bad. No, I mean even the Democrats are using their um, mechanism, their, their, their tool, right? Their tool is the media, and they're using that to push Biden out. And I think that's uh, very telling. But anyway, and I rarely even quote from that propagandistic rag, but uh, I'm bringing them up because, hey, shoot, even uh, Jake Tapper called him out on his... Uh, his son's dealings with Ukraine and China. And of course, he denied that when he had that debate with uh, President Trump back in 2020. Now, he also just approved a $6 billion bribe uh, to the Iranians. What he's bribing them for, I don't know. I think it's really just appeasement. He's just saying, look, you know, we've sanctioned you enough. We've got to give you some of your money back. After trashing the Saudis and then trying to make nice with the Saudis again, it's, it's fascinating the way he plays his foreign policy. And uh, some great news. Mitt Romney, Senator Mitt Romney from the great state of Utah, and we're on in Utah, so what's up to all the, are they called Utahns? Utahns. I have to find out what we call Utahns. I think they're called Utahns. Anyway, um, we, um, we have Mitt Romney that I want to play a clip for you, announcing his farewell. Listen to this. I've spent my last 25 years in public service of one kind or another. At the end of another term... I'd be in my mid-80s. Frankly, it's time for a new generation of leaders. They're the ones that need to make the decisions that will shape the world they will be living in. Yep. And Romney also went on to say that he thinks that because he's going to be too old, that Biden is too old and that Trump is too old and that they should both step aside. 
Listen to this one. Now we face critical challenges, mounting national debt, climate change, and the ambitious authoritarians of Russia and China. Neither President Biden nor former President Trump are leading their party to confront those issues. On deficits and debt, both men refuse to address entitlements, even though they know that this represents two-thirds of federal spending. Donald Trump calls global warming a hoax, and President Biden offers feel-good solutions that make no difference to the global climate. On China, President Biden underinvests in the military, and President Trump underinvests in our alliances. Political motivations too often impede the solutions that these challenges demand. The next generation of leaders must take America to the next stage of global leadership. Well, it sounds like uh, Senator Romney, uh, and I want to thank him. I want to thank you, Senator Romney, from the bottom of my heart. I, bendito, I am so happy that you were leaving because one less rhino is, uh, is a good thing for America. Now we just got to make sure we got the right person elected. Uh, but honestly, even if we didn't, how many times did he you know, cross over and vote with the Democrats anyway? So uh, it, it, he's been a pretty reliable Democrat vote. So uh, hopefully we can get a good guy in there. But no Romney is a good thing. Now, something I wanted to mention yesterday, and this is just a quick ADHD aside. Jennifer Granholm, the energy secretary, she was doing this cross-country, take two, cross-country trek in an electric vehicle. And one of her staffers went ahead and parked the car. You probably heard this story. But I just thought it was so funny that they went and they took a spot with a gasoline-operated car. Uh, So, yes, they were leaving a carbon footprint while they were doing their EV stuff, which I think is hysterical. And in doing so, they refused to leave. And here you have Team Biden getting the cops called on them because they wouldn't leave the space that they were holding for the energy secretary. You would think that they say, hey, look, we have, uh, you know, somebody from the Biden administration. Let's call the local officials. I don't know. Just call somebody. Right. I'm sure she has some sort of protection or some connection to somebody somewhere where she could say, can you hold a spot for me? No. She just sent her team there and they got the cops called on. And I think that's pretty funny. Anyway. Tonight, we're going to have a member of Congress who's scheduled to join us to let us know if the impeachment inquiry will actually materialize into anything of substance or not. Plus, we've got a bunch of Americans who haven't been to the doctor in ages. And that was me. I'd say from like 26 to like 30 something, I didn't go to the doctor. And uh, it was mainly because I was busy gaining weight. I was I was young and I was I was married and I ate a lot and I was chubby and I remember the last time I went to the doctor, he was like, you got to lose some weight. And I was like, ah, all right, I'm good. (laughs) And it was pretty guaranteed that the doctor would tell me something like, you've got high triglycerides, high cholesterol, high this and high that. And uh, you got to get on a diet and work out. And I didn't want to hear that. So I just wouldn't go. And I I don't know if that's unique to me, but I think a lot of people don't want to hear the bad news that the doctor brings. So they don't go. It's a stupid thing to do. And obviously I take my health way more seriously now. And I've lost, I don't know, something like 70 pounds since then. But the bottom line is, This is a a continuing problem in America, and we're going to get to the bottom of that as well a little bit later on in the second hour. And uh, there's uh, a hearing today, a big hearing on Capitol Hill uh, regarding child trafficking. And the real-life special agent featured in the film The Sound of Freedom, Tim Ballard, he testified before Congress, and he didn't pull any punches. We're going to discuss that after the bottom of the hour in hour number two. Uh, I've got a lot of audio on that that I want to cover with you. So we're going to get into that and his testimony, plus your calls. But first, I want you to hear what the media is saying about the impeachment. 
Again, it's almost as if the media is part of Karine Jean-Pierre's press shop at the White House. Now, you would think that, you know, she has her own staffers, but it seems like she has staffers that are literally in the media. Listen to this montage. You know, the president has been in politics for a long time, and I think, as he would say, he's seen a lot of malarkey along the way, but this might take the cake. This is all smoke and no fire. What a waste of time and money. I don't see any probable cause here. Uh, there's just no evidence. I have not seen any evidence. There's no evidence of any crime at all. No evidence so far that ties Joe Biden to any of this, uh, at least nothing that they have brought forward and that we have seen. Have you seen said evidence? No, not a scintilla of evidence. There is not a shred of evidence that President Joe Biden has engaged in wrongdoing. No all right, business listen, that's enough. You've heard one, you've heard them all. That thing goes on for another two minutes. I got another clip that's four minutes of Democrats and the media all saying there's no evidence, there's no evidence. What's interesting is the media's job is supposed to, supposed to be, right, where they say, Republicans claim X, Y, and Z. Democrats are saying X, Y, and Z. You know, they report, you decide, that type of thing. Uh, that doesn't seem to be happening. They just are in lockstep with the White House talking points. And and this is why I think it's such a, a difficult thing to get around because so many people are just hooked on news media. And, and listen, I, don't, I watch the news media too, but I flip back and forth. I listen to CNN for giggles. I listen to NPR to get a laugh. I listen to everything to, to take it in. And then I formulate my own opinions. And then here I am. But... We're going to get to the bottom of that straight ahead because obviously there's no evidence, there's no evidence, there's no evidence, and we're, we're going to see. Does this thing have any legs? Straight ahead, don't move a muscle. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Well, thank you, Rich, and thank you for everything. I know you very well, and I have I listen, but I have a lot of people that listen, and they love your show, and I appreciate it very much. America at Night with Rich Valdez. Yeah, and for some of them, an inquiry is not even enough. They want to move right. full steam ahead with it, a full impeachment of President Biden. Well, and it's important to note, Caitlin, that, look, to, to Congressman Goldman's point, we, we don't know. There's there's no evidence so far that ties Joe Biden to any of this, uh, at least nothing that they have brought forward and that we have seen. Now, you know, they're, they're suggesting that that could change if they move ahead. Something else that could change if they move ahead is this could benefit President Biden. This could end up having ramifications for Republicans if voters who don't really want to see these kinds of inquiries all the time feel like this is going too far. And I think what you heard from the congressman just now, what he was talking about, about real work that has to get done, that's what you're going to hear Democrats talk about over and over and over again. Okay, so that's Maggie Haberman on MSNBC. She's from the New York Times saying that this may benefit uh, Biden. And I have to say, that's a legitimate question uh, on my behalf. Will an impeachment inquiry that may or may not materialize benefit Joe Biden? Does it have the Trump effect? I don't know if it does or doesn't. But to help us make sense of it is Georgia Congressman Rich McCormick. Welcome, sir. Hey, thanks. It's good to be on with you. You bet. 
So let, let's take it from right there. Uh, Maggie Haberman says that this might help Biden uh, because it may cause some of his voters to feel like the, that this is retaliatory, that this is really coming from Trump. This is what's being echoed in the media. What say you? Well, first of all, anybody who's already on Biden's side isn't going to become more on his side. It doesn't give him an extra vote, so it doesn't help him in any general election sense. The question is always, how does it affect the the moderates? How does it affect the independents? The independents is where the elections are won and lost. You know, it used to be it was about five percent of the population. Mitt Romney famously got in trouble for referencing that when he talked about who he was trying to pay attention to in the elections. I think it's a bigger uh, swath than it used to be because I think a lot of people have become kind of alienated by the rhetoric of both sides in many ways. Uh, they're looking for a positive message. They're looking for something Reagan-esque. They're looking for something that they can believe in that's the American dream. I'm talking about the independents. Uh, the people who are hardcore Democrats and hardcore Republicans, you're not going to sway them by an impeachment process because they're going to see it as entirely politically motivated. So let's talk about the, the people that's going to matter most, too. And I think they're paying attention to what is the real story, and that's what this inquiry is going to be about. And as more, the more meat that's found, the, the more smoking guns, uh, the more they will care. And it will affect it in a very negative way. And if we don't find anything, of course, uh, then it won't matter to them. And they'll think, well, they're just wasting my time. But we've already found a ton of stuff that I think is very compelling to make a process happen where he will be impeached. And, and, uh, and I hope successfully. Now, Congressman, when, when you see uh, the, again, you're, this is what you're doing for a living, not me, right? I'm just asking the questions. But you're seeing all of this stuff that, that Republicans are saying is evidence, right? This is, we've got evidence of this. You've got testimony from, from FBI informants. You've got all sorts of things and a, a ton of emails. And, and yet th- this doesn't seem to satisfy the media in any way as being satisfactory evidence. There was a transcript and a couple of people that overheard things that testified against Donald Trump in his impeachment inquiry. And that went on no problemo, right? So uh, my, my question is, um, do you agree with the media when they say there's no evidence? <laughs> it just goes to show that reporting, true reporting, the way that you and I would understand it is dead. There's no, it's kind of like we talk about science in many ways. We'll, we'll probably talk about this in the near future. Uh, I'm an ER doctor. I, I stopped seeing my last patient on December 28th uh, after an entire COVID thing. And, and science is dead in medicine, too, where mm-hmm. it's all about political talking points and political slant rather than actually reporting and, and when you talk about the science of reporting, you actually dig deep. You try to find out what the facts are, not what the political slant is. Uh, and, and you're right. When they impeached Trump, they went off a total hearsay. I mean, they went off of dossiers that were bought from, uh, bought and paid for by the Democratic Party. And, and totally, the FBI now has been found culpable in that whole debacle. And, and ironically, they, they admitted their fault and they said there's nothing to fix. That's, that's outrageous. And as a guy who's very late to politics, I was never I never went to a political meeting in my life until I ran for office. And so I do have maybe a little bit different slant than most politicians. I try to be very honest about the things that we both do wrong. Uh, But in this case, I think it's very straightforward. The fact is uh, that Trump was never found culpable for a reason. And, And even by the people that were his enemies could not come up with things, whereas we're finding hard evidence on Biden. Not stuff that was taught for and paid, paid for, things that have his names on it, things that he's admitted publicly on TV that I've watched right. my own two eyes <laughs> about coercion and about quid pro quo. Yeah, that, 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 I feel like this is the part where either I'm incredibly gullible or everybody's missing the message here because th- there seems to be a ton of stuff out there 
Uh, and people in the Washington Post are now coming out. David Ignatius has, has come out saying that he believes that uh, Biden should step aside. Uh, he, uh, the, the Washington Post itself yesterday or the, last week put out an article saying that uh, Hunter Biden made X amount of millions in 2018 and X amount of millions in 2017. And CNN's Jake Tapper went on to say that uh, this directly contradicts what Joe Biden himself said in, on the debate stage in 2020, debating Donald Trump. And he said, the only guy making money for China is this guy, pointing at Donald Trump. And it, it's just striking to me that all of this is out there. And I'm thinking, maybe I'm watching too much Fox News and Newsmax and not enough CNN or MSNBC because I, I see what's going on. And I feel like we're, the, the American people are being led astray, Congressman. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. When, when I do my research, uh, I always start with the opposition's view uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a meritocracy kind of driven guy as a military guy for 21 years. I'm a uh, I'm a doctor. I got my MBA. I kind of try to look at both sides of things. When I talked about monetary policy, I literally read a book on modern monetary policy and Keynesian economics. I try to understand why the other person thinks the way they do, so I can actually have a, a decent conversation. I've looked at both sides of this pretty hard. And I cannot find a compelling argument for why the media does what they do to slant these conversations, uh, how you cannot literally watch what he's admitted to and how he's contradicting himself publicly, repeatedly, um, and how the media makes excuses for it over and over again. They keep on moving the bar when he says, oh, look, I didn't know anything about this. I never talked to him. And then they, they show <laughs> dozens of meetings that he that with with countless witnesses. And they're like, OK, I was there, but I, it was just coincidental. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, it was there. It wasn't coincidental because I was actually talking. And then, but there's no monetary gain. And then we're showing twenty million dollars worth of gain in multiple accounts. Okay, there was military money gain, but not for me, but for my family. And so the bar keeps on getting moved over and over and over again. And they never have accountability for the false statements he's previously made already. And we're so deep in it now that we're talking about pseudonyms and emails. And by the way, Obama controls those. Now this is going to be a really interesting point. Uh, Obama gets to decide whether you release his old vice president's stuff and then how, how messy is that going to get uh, mm-hmm. to really dig deep into this and find out the truth, those emails. Fascinating. Fascinating. I, I, can, I can only imagine that he's not going to say, sure, I've got nothing to hide. Go, go right. Make no mistake. <laughs> right. And he's going to just let everybody look at his stuff. Folks, uh, I want to remind everybody that we're on with uh, Dr. Richard McCormick. He's a congressman from Georgia, 6th District. And He went from the front lines of the coronavirus as an emergency room doctor to the front lines of the war that we're having, the information war that we're having in in Congress. And uh, I want to get into a little bit of this um, whistleblower accusation of CIA officials that these six people were paid to change how they viewed the origins of the virus coming from a Wuhan lab. Uh, According to the whistleblower, they said, yep, this thing came from a Wuhan lab and then they changed their tune after a little pressure from Dr. Anthony Fauci. So we're going to get to that with Congressman McCormick coming up straight ahead. Plus your calls, 833-482-5337 is the phone number, 833-4-VALDEZ. Don't move a muscle. We're just getting started. We're on with Congressman Rich McCormick, MD, MBA from Georgia 6th District. Don't move a muscle. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. actually asked our Defense Department for money and said they wanted to take a coronavirus like COVID and put something in it to make it more infectious. It's called a furin cleavage site. It's not found in nature, and that's exactly what COVID turned out to be. So this is a, this is a mystery, but it's also a mystery with a cover-up. We've now found that American universities have given money to military research in China. And we are going to get to the bottom of this, but there's a massive cover-up going on, and the lead in all of the cover-up has been Fauci. We now have information that he's still working for government, even though he says he's retired, and it is my belief that he is worried about being indicted, and so he continues to work so he will get legal protection of the federal government, but this is wrong on every level of it, and we are going to get to the bottom of it. That is Senator Rand Paul back in March of this year. He's been banging the drum on this for quite a while through several hearings. And I, I want to get to the bottom of it with a member of Congress who's from the select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic, Dr. Rich McCormick. He's a congressman from Georgia's sixth dix, excuse me, district, and he's with us now. Uh, Dr. McCormick, what, what's going on with all of this? Well, first, let me state by, you know, in Congress, there, there are not that many doctors. I think there's about 12 doctors and about 177 lawyers. Uh, I came into this with my eyes wide open. The only reason I'm the only freshman on this committee is because I'm the only person in Congress or the Senate that's ever treated a coronavirus case. Uh, thousands of them. Remember, like I said, my, my last ER shift was December 28th. I lived through this. I watched myself get censored over this. Uh, I, I've been punished for telling the truth. And wow. the only excuse they could say later was, oh, the reason we punished you and censored you is because we didn't know if what you were saying was true. Then why don't you do that to yourself? I'm the expert, and you take these people who don't <laughs> even see patients, and you tell me that I'm wrong, and it turns out I'm right. Uh, it drives me crazy. What happened with this gain-of-function study, uh, China reached out, and they were being funded by us, and I think this is where the embarrassment starts and this is where the lies start, is we told them, no, you can't do that, but I think they'd already started because that's kind of how research works a lot of times. They started it. And then they said, oh, we need more funding for this. And so they reached out and we said, no, that's not a good idea. Um, gain of function is how you bad, bad things happen, as we saw. Um, and then shortly after that is when they had the breakout. Uh, and then we tried to backtrack and, and literally had all these scientists, the great majority of all scientists said, look, this, this is a Wuhan lab link. As a matter of fact, my, my stepson's a, uh, a brilliant chemist at some of the highest uh, training you could ever have. And he was like, no, it's definitely a lab leak. We're talking about it from all different kinds of the scientific uh, uh, theories. And I said, well, okay, well, I guess you can make a case because they have the wet lab, uh, the wet markets there and stuff like that. But China has spent years now trying to capture thousands of animals and has never been able to replicate 
the viral load in any of these these uh, animals. And if it could cross over like avian flu or swine flu, which we've seen in the past where you have these rare species crossovers, it still exists in that species. It doesn't just go away. And, and they've never found it. So that's not even a viable theory anymore. So anybody who holds that still is either a moron or just does it, is willfully ignorant or trying to uh, mislead people. Uh, when it first came out, most scientists said that it's got to be from a lab leak because they said they it was they're going to study it, and then all of a sudden it came from that exact lab. That kind of makes sense. It's a deductive reason, if nothing else. Uh, but what happened is, uh, according to the CIA leak, is that six of these seven scientists who all of a sudden changed their ideas from lab leak to some sort of natural selection process uh, were all basically promised bonuses and then flipped, just like you saw Fauci give grants to a couple of other people that flipped within 72 hours of coming out and saying, no, this has got to be almost certainly a lab leak, same thing. So there was bribery on a wide scale, corruption of the truth. And then when we had these committee hearings and people are like, why does it matter anymore? Because if you don't have the truth from the government to begin with, how are you ever come up to future solutions to, to having this happen again? Uh, we can't even have an honest conversation right now. And to, and to see CIA and the guy who's supposed to be leading the charge on in infectious diseases, uh, literally lying to the public and misleading them, how are we ever supposed to trust the government again? This is uh, pretty outrageous stuff. When I, when I read about it uh, on, on Monday and, and we discussed it a little bit last night, just very bizarre what, what's going on. And again, folks, we're on with uh, Dr. Richard McCormick. He's a congressman uh, representing Georgia's 6th District. He serves on uh, the Coronavirus Committee in Congress. And Dr. McCormick, you you treated, you said uh, thousands of patients during COVID. You were on the front lines in the emergency room, and now you're on the front lines in Congress. And you're looking at this through your lens as a physician and as a lawmaker. Uh, But for the American people that are listening, this is a big deal, isn't it? It's huge. And, and ultimately, America just wants the truth. You know, we're the ultimate minority in America is the individual. The Constitution was designed to empower people over government, to make sure that the government was servicing its people to give the most opportunity and responsibility. I mean, we were founded on the principle you could throw your family in the back of a, a wagon and go west, possibly starve, possibly freeze, possibly be killed so you could have an opportunity to exist nowhere else. That's America. We just want to know what the what what the truth is so we can face it down and even take on great challenges and and take great chances so so we can succeed. The problem is when the government starts putting their hand on the, on the balance and and determine who gets to take chances and when, and if safety is more important, like with Fauci, where he says, you know, I don't want anybody to mix with anybody. I don't want anybody to travel. Everybody's going to get a vaccination. Everybody has to close their businesses. Nobody can go to school. Uh, Then all of a sudden the government determines not only what's moral, uh, what's medical, uh, what's good for your business. You can invest your entire business, your entire lifetime into your business and lose it because the government decides you don't know what's best. And this is the problem with even the truth. They've hidden the truth from us, and, and it's absolutely concerning to us as, as a people, not just as a government. Uh, but once the, you don't trust the CDC and the, you start to even think of doctors as political beings rather than scientists and people with your best interests at hand, having a conversation of what's good for you as the individual, then how are we ever going to have an honest discussion in anything? If we can't even have a scientific conversation, we're supposed to be about what's true and false. Um, how are we ever supposed to have an honest conversation in the media or, or with government or anybody else? And, and with AI on the, on the horizon, man, I'm really concerned. So doc, tell me about this because uh, th- this whistleblower testified to your committee 
and and this testimony's out there now. What's the next step? So we're we're going to have hearings on this. You know, ultimately we're going to get Fauci, and unfortunately, like you kind of uh, alluded to, he's slippery. He says, mm-hmm. oh, "I don't recall." I mean, that's that's he'll say it 174 times in in one hearing because that's his way out, and and he likes to pretend like he doesn't remember anything. Nice thing is we're pinning down a lot of people who do remember. Who can hold him accountable? Why does it matter, once again, first of all, to hold those kind of people accountable, but also to get to the bottom of this, uh, to get the government out of this sort of business where they pick winners and losers, where they, they hide the truth, where, where they don't allow us to self-determine. Uh, that's why this is so important. That's why this conversation, because we're going to have most likely another pandemic, whether it be virus that, that affects your brain or your lungs or whatever, your vascular system, or your neural system, or some horrible bacterial infection. We have to be ready for the next thing. And if we can't have an honest discussion, if people or government officials are bribing scientists to, to deceive us, we're in big trouble in being able to deal with this in the best way possible uh, moving forward. So we're digging deep. We're going to be doing uh, hearings tomorrow on why doctors were censored. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to continue to, to dig, dig into what the vaccination process has evolved into and how it's, I think it's much more of a business than it is an actual solution to any problems, uh, how we're lying about the, the side effects of these vaccinations and medications, uh, what they didn't allow us as doctors to do for the first time ever. Uh, we got to get to the truth or else we can't have honest conversations in the future. Now, I know you got to go, but I, I want to ask you, what's your take on this vaccine pill that there's uh, a lot of hype about? You know, the, I haven't read the science behind it yet. I imagine it's, it's your, you're going to be exposed to something that's going to build up your immunity uh, because otherwise, what, what's the point of a vaccination? So I've never heard of an oral, well, I guess I have heard of an oral vaccination. Anytime you expose yourself to an antigen or something your body's going to react to with a, uh, immuno, immunotherapy, basically your own body's antibodies building up against something that sees as an invading organism. Uh, it's the same thing as getting a shot. Some people will see it as less, uh, invasive because you're not getting a shot in your arm. And some people are very scared of needles. Uh, so maybe it's a good solution. But quite frankly, we don't need a vaccination for this right now. It's not a deadly disease. And I'm concerned that there's more side effects than benefits for this variant because this variant's not even as deadly as flu, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, every year we have anywhere from 40 to 70,000, 70,000 on a bad year, I think 2017, 70,000 people died of flu. And that's been around for 100 years. And so this small bump in, in COVID needs to be discussed with each person's individual health care provider, uh, whether you're going to get vaccinated, what medications you might take. You know, there's a lot of homeopathic remedies that really help on viral replication, against viral replication and helping boost your immune system, whether it be magnesium or, or antihistamines or even steroids in the inflammatory process. Uh, it's a very scientific discussion to have with the patient on the difference between viral replication and inflammation, and I don't want to get into the weeds on you right now, uh, but that's why you talk to a doctor instead of asking the government what to do. They'll just give you a blanket statement that has no science behind it. Well, Doc, I I tell you, I want to thank you for being with us because um, it's refreshing to hear that the, the guys, the good guys in Congress are out there swinging for what's right with the censorship that we've seen of, of doctors like yourself and just regular Americans and this um, cover-up of the coronavirus origins. It, it, it's, it can be somewhat deflating to hear, but it's, I'm, I'm encouraged that you guys are out there doing the right thing. So thank you. Well, thank you. You know, I tell you what, I always think of myself as a Marine first, and, and I love this, this, this blessed country. Uh, it's worth fighting for. It's worth giving my life for. 
uh, it's worth even allowing our kids to uh, take a chance of that too, because uh, there's nothing like it that exists anywhere else in the world. And I'm blessed to be here and, and I wish you nothing but the best in exposing the truth and, and doing real reporting. Thank you. Thank you, brother. You're a gentleman, a scholar, and a patriot, and I thank you for staying up late. I appreciate it. Simplify. Thank you. Yes, sir. Folks, there is more to come straight ahead. Don't move a muscle. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. We just heard from the sheriff. He joins the attorney general and others who say they won't enforce it. It's unconstitutional. Why do it if it can't be enforced? Well, that's their opinion. They have no bold actions. They don't have any plans for reducing gun violence. Every single aspect in terms of preventing gun violence, uh, funds, uh, uh, crime labs, uh, more than 150 million for retention bonuses and recruitment of new police officers. I'm focused on one thing. So that is, of course, Governor Lujan Grisham who uh, doesn't care what the cops say, doesn't care about to uh, about, you know, defending the rule of law. She just wants to do what she wants. But it's not just the cops and the sheriff that are saying that it's unconstitutional. No, it's U.S. District Court Judge David Urias. He issued a temporary restraining order following a hearing that was brought on by a series of civil lawsuits filed against the governor by Second Amendment groups, uh, pro-Constitution groups, arguing that the ban infringed on a citizen's constitutional rights. And guess what? It didn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. This woman's out of her mind. Now, again, she likely knew. She likely knew that this would happen, but she also knew that I wouldn't stay shut, others wouldn't stay shut, and her name would be echoing across America for 48 hours as this, you know, champion for, um, what, what do they call it, gun control, I guess. And she's a villain now in the eyes of many. I don't know how this is going to affect her with her reelection. But, you know, there were many governors that even during COVID that crossed the line. And uh, they're still all right. People think they're terrific. You know, the governor of New Jersey, people think he handled COVID exceptionally well. Meanwhile, he was just as tyrannical as uh, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name from New York. Not Mario Cuomo. What was the other Cuomo's name? Not Chris Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo. There we go. Andrew Cuomo, Mario Cuomo's son, governor of New York. He was, um, you know, people were saying, oh, he was this, he was that. And, and he was out. So I don't know. I, I, think, I think this is clear as day, but that's, that's the case, right? This district court judge has blocked New Mexico governor Michelle Lujan Grisham uh, with a temporary ban on the carrying of firearms and putting a temporary ban on her. And I think that's a good thing. Now, this is, in my opinion, the right thing to do. It's absolutely the right thing to do. This is uh, the system working. Now, we'll see what happens in the next iteration of court and if she goes to an appeal or whatever and what have you. But 
the fact that we have governors that are this out of touch or this bold, all right, because I really think that's the, the category for her, that are this, um, you know, as my, my mother would say, carifreco, right? You know, really fresh-faced, <laughs> that, are, that have zero shame in their game, that are willing to just come right out and say, look, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, the judge made a, made a comment. Let me see where if, if I could find it in here. I think it's right here in, at the top of the article. They just want the right to carry their guns, he said. That's the judge. And, of course, he's right. And so were all these, these citizens that, that got together and said, look, you can't do that. And I, this is an issue that we, we talk about often, and, and if it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse or preaching to the choir, bear with me. Because there are so many people who are disgusted by politics in America. And they're turned off. So they become apolitical. They don't care about politics. They could care less about politics. They might vote every four years for president based on what they see on the news because they feel like it's their civic duty. Or they just sit it out. There's a ton. I'd say a third of this country doesn't give a damn because they're disgusted by it. And we've got to get to them because the media is getting to them. And when you, when you have all of these school shootings, one after another, whatever your opinion on school shootings is, whether you think they're this or they're that or whatever, these are horrible. When children die, it's horrible. And that hits the heartstrings for many people, including myself. But I'll never trade liberty for some cockamamie plan that bans people from their own constitutional rights. That's just crazy. Anyway, keep it locked right here. We're coming right back. We've got more plus your calls. 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. So earlier I mentioned that, you know, I don't like to go to the doctor. I don't know if many people do, but I put it off for years. I said, you know what? I'm young. I'm healthy. And a matter of fact, I went through like most of my 20s. I think I did have health insurance, but for a good portion of I didn't. I opted out because I'd save money. And some employers used to actually give you a a little incentive if you didn't take insurance. And and I think, you know, when you're young, that's a risky game. Um, But I played that game for a while. And I just wasn't interested. And as you get older and you get into your 30s and then your 40s and you realize, man, I got to go to the doctor. You know, things don't work the way they used to. And, and you've got to make sure that you're OK. And you start realizing and learning. You learn more. You realize, you know, if you don't take care of high blood pressure, if you stay overweight or whatever the case is, that stuff can kill you. Like high blood pressure, they call that the uh, the silent killer. So the number one reason, at least, you know, one of the articles I'm looking at is for people not going to the doctor, three main categories of reasons, right? People avoid medical care because they're, the one I mentioned, that's the number one that they mentioned here, fear of an unfavorable report. Two, a low perceived need for medical care. I went through that as well. 
And the third one is high costs even for those with health insurance coverage. And that can be true too, right? How often do you see your friend you haven't seen in a while and they go, oh my gosh, I got to pay for this thing. I got whatever. I got to pay the coinsurance and the copay. And then there's an out of pocket on this and blah, blah, blah. This is where we end up. So I want to get into a discussion on that uh, about why people aren't going to the doctor, what we got to do to fix it. Is it really a health insurance thing? Is it a lack of access? Can people not walk into a clinic, a doctor, uh, or a medical facility? We're going to find out more straight ahead with our guest. Plus your calls, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. Don't move a muscle. We're just getting started. I'm Rich Valdez. that never sleeps 17 miles from madison square garden new york city it's america at night with rich valdez america's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across america and now here is your host rich valdez Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And welcome to the program. Happy to be here with you. It's uh, Wednesday night. The phone number, if you want to join us, I welcome you. 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And I'm going to run a name by you. Susanna Gibson. I don't know if that sounds familiar. If you haven't heard her name, you probably will soon. She is the uh, candidate for uh, legislative office in Virginia who was, well, she was, I guess, discovered for, for having videos of her and her husband performing sex acts online for cash. And she's blasting her opponents for engaging in what she calls the worst gutter politics. Now, I have to say, there are bad gutter politics out there, but... Is this really one of them when this is something that you did as a business? <laughs> I mean, if that was your job, I think it's fair game for people to put it out there. Uh, she's a 40-year-old mom who uh, is running a, a really tight race in Virginia. And we're going to get into that story a little bit more at the uh, top of the next hour, maybe even uh, at the bottom of this hour. Uh, but that's one of the stories that's out there today. And then there's another story here. Uh, the White House sent out a memo urging uh, news networks to increase their scrutiny of Republicans' impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. You know, so look at that. The White House saying, hey, look, you know, I know they're accusing us of all these things. Uh, Listen, if you could just do us a favor and, you know, scrutinize it, you know, air quotes, (laughs) uh, try not to talk too much about that. That'd be great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, So we'll get into that as well. And, And there's another one here. This is a really good one. Four in 10 Americans, 41% actually, say they put off going to the doctor. A survey of 2,000 U.S. residents found that being potentially unable to afford their health care, 52%, was the top reason. For me, I just didn't want them to say, hey, look, you're overweight, you got high triglycerides, your blood pressure is a little bit higher than it needs to be, you know, your, your, um, your blood glucose doesn't look good, this and that, you got to go on a diet. Nobody wants to hear that stuff. People would rather just eat another burger and live in bliss, right? Uh, But 
there's a, a bunch of reasons that people don't go. A lot of anxiety about uh, potential procedures, tests, bad reports, and, of course, the fear of receiving bad news or a serious diagnosis. As if if you don't go, you don't get the serious illness, right? If you don't know you have it, you don't have it. And, uh, of course, there's others that are exhausted from parenting or caretaking for a loved one. So I, I want to get into to a conversation on all of this with Dr. Jason West. He's uh, a doctor at the West Clinic in Ohio, and he's our guest this evening. Dr. West, welcome. Rich, thanks for having me. And, and guess what? This is the conversation I have with so many people that are saying, please don't lecture me. Like you said in your intro, don't tell me my triglycerides are high. Don't tell me that I should stop eating or drinking this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I have to re- gently remind them, you know, doceri is the Latin word, you know, the, the doctor word root means to teach. And so a lot of times I'm like, look, I don't want to get lectured either. But do I really need to tell you that drinking acid, a.k.a. soda pop, isn't good for you or drinking you know, or eating lots of sugar? And that's part of it. But it was just funny how you said that because I literally had a person yesterday tell me, give me the workup. Just don't tell me what's wrong. I just want you to fix me. <laughs> you know, Doc, I'm just going to share with you, and I want to get into this topic. But now that you mentioned it, for years I had gone to doctors and, you know, I had the same doctor for a while. Then he sold his practice and went to another one. And they were all like, look, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're eating too much. And my, my answer was, look, I'm Puerto Rican. I eat rice and beans and roast pork. This is what we do. We do it all the time, you know. Leave me alone. And, and they were like, okay. And they kind of went with it. And, and it wasn't until I found a, nif- a different doctor that he just literally, you know, sat me down and looked me in the face and he said, I said, so how am I doing, doc? And he said, you're on track for a massive heart attack or stroke by 50. And I laughed. I was like, no, no, seriously. And he was like, on my medical license, I'm telling you the truth. And I was like, why would you say such a thing? I was so offended. <laughs> and, 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 he, and he explained to me, he, he just, he actually, you know, that sheet that goes on the exam table, he ripped the piece off and he started writing and he said, this is the range for blood pressure for somebody your age, you're here. This is the blood sugar for somebody your age, you're here. This is, and when, when I saw it in black and white and his zero empathy uh, in telling me this, but telling me the truth, I was scared to death. And, and I said, can you fix it? And he said, I don't know. He said, you know, I've dealt with a lot of you guys, uh, meaning Puerto Rican guys. And, and he said, you guys love to eat the same way. It doesn't, nobody ever changes their diet. And you end up either getting this massive heart attack or stroke at 50. If you're lucky, you'll die. If you're not, you'll die at 65 after they've cut your toes off, your limbs off, and you've gone blind. And I was like, wow, you're a real pessimist. And, uh, but, but it woke me up. And I'll tell you, since then, I've lost 70 pounds. I actually go to the gym. I walk. I do all sorts of things. And I definitely watch what I eat. So sometimes you just have to have that tough love approach, I think. Well, I, I think that you found uh, a gem of a doctor. Like this yeah, is someone me too. That, that I would like to know. Because, you know, one of the things that I have to tell people is sometimes you need to hear stuff and you should hear stuff that you don't want to hear. But, yeah. but literally this evaluation is kind of like a life report card. We're looking at your blood tests. We're looking at your medical history. I like to do a, a, a process where we actually look at your blood under a microscope so that we can see what it actually functions like. And, and most of the time, Rich, people understand what they should do. You just kind of got to nudge them. Like so many people re- recognize, oh, you know what? I shouldn't stay up so late and I shouldn't be, you know, drinking this, uh, you know, a stimulator and I shouldn't be eating this, this fast, cheap and easy food, mm-hmm. but it's just so convenient and it just tastes so good. And I have to tell them like, look, their life has this, this way to balance. So if you cheat your body when you're younger, 
it comes back with a vengeance later. And you wouldn't believe how many people in my office will tell me, if I would have known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. Yeah. Well, I see it happening all the time. My dad didn't take a, a great deal of care. He, he was excellent in, in working out and stayed in shape into his 60s. But he smoked, he drank, he, he ate like garbage. And well, not like garbage. I mean, he ate, you know, a lot of rice and beans and roast pork and fried chicken. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and he died at 80, which is probably a little young. But given his lifestyle, I think he lasted a really long time. And it was because of his physical stamina, because he worked out and he did all that exercise that he was able to maintain. But not everybody does that. And if you don't take care of yourself well, when you're young, that's what happens when you're old. Right. And, and the, one of the things that he did to kind of, um, you know, alter that formula, like his movement, like you work out, like it's so important. Just as much as what you're putting into your system, you've got, you've got to move. And then the other reason why I think that a lot of people aren't seeing their doctor, why the study came out, is that now the study didn't say this, but I think as soon as I say it, you'll be like, oh, of course. The medical system, it's, it's, there's good people in it. It's just so confusing. Oh, gosh. Like yeah. it's just confusing that you go in and then, and, and they didn't say this in the article. They're saying, you know, doctor, they, you can't go in because of cost or they don't want to get bad news or they don't want to be yelled at or lectured or whatever else. But I think the biggest takeaway from that was, can you imagine trying to run a car dealership, how most medicine is run? Like you show up at the lot and they're like, oh, what would you like? Well, I'd like a car. Okay, we'll go home and like we'll decide what color shows up. We'll decide right. what we're going to charge you. We'll decide what your invoice will be like. We'll decide, you know, your financing and your interest rates. And like no one else runs a business like that. Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest things that I see that causes problems in healthcare is the confusion around what am I getting? What am I paying for? You know, I just had this happen myself. I had to go in for a kidney check. I've got a lot of, of kidney things in, in my family. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to be the doctor that is a fool for a patient and a fool for doctor, which means you treat yourself. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. go to, like, and I went into the office and I'm like, okay, they had my evaluation. I'm like, I just want to pay for what I've done today. Like I have a high deductible. I know it's going to be like, they're going to send over. I'll just pay it. Like, is there a cash discount? Can I pay? And right. the office was like, what? we don't know how to do that. <laughs> right. How do we how do, do, you that? do that? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I'm trying to give you money. Like, I'm like, here, just tell me what it is. They're like, well, we have to bill insurance. We have to bill insurance. We have to know what goes in, what comes out. And I was sitting there thinking, ah, this is what people feel like. No wonder there's frustration with this process. Mm -hmm. I just want to take care of what I owe and then move on. You and everybody else. And it's an interesting point that you brought up. And we'll get to the survey, but I think this is such a big point that people are so used to just going to the doctor and either having insurance or not and then avoiding it because of not or whatever the case is that they they don't really think of like, you know, how much is an MRI and can I go to that guy and get it cheaper? And it seems like that level of the free market doesn't exist in healthcare. Well, I would totally agree with that. Matter of fact, we do. So we have a uh, cash and carry like a, a service where we try to help people if they want to bill their insurance, but we don't bill it for them. And one of the things that we've been able to negotiate, this is such a racket, is we were able to negotiate directly with the labs so that I can run a complete blood cell count and a metabolic panel and a thyroid test. And I'm just like, look, I just want the information. I want to make it as inexpensive as possible. So when I tell the patient in front of me, hey, I want to run these labs to see what the markers are so I can know how to help you, 
and they'll say, great, write me a script so that I can go up to the draw center or, you know, to the, the facility, or go to the hospital and I'll bill my insurance. And my experience has been what I would usually charge, you know, 200 or $210 for. It's not uncommon for the, the, uh, the insurance system to bill 1800 or $2,000 Wow. for the services, for what I could. And I'm like, this is wrong. And I have to tell the patient, look, I, I just pay for what the labs are. It'll save you so much money for your copay and your deductible. And, and that's part of the problem. Like, like we have great people in healthcare, but man, we got a messed up system. Yeah, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And, and there are more and more labs that are coming out with like direct, you know, where you can order your own which, uh, yep. and it's cheaper, which I think is, uh, is probably going to be the, the new wave of medicine. I hope where there's more options. Now, what, what are I some believe things? you go ahead. And, and sorry. And the same thing happens with, with the MRI, you know, there, there's places that you can go and pay cash uh, for an MRI and, and it is, it's like a third of what you can get in the imaging center or the hospital system. If you just, you know, pay at the time of service. Yeah. It seems like the real racket is the insurance companies. Well, you said it, and if you could see me, I would say that 80% of communication is nonverbal, and I'm nodding my head in an affirmative way. <laughs> I believe that. But let's take a pause right here. Folks, we're on with Dr. Jason West. Uh, he's a physician at West Clinic in Idaho. He's actually the fourth-generation owner of the clinic. Uh, comes from a family of doctors. And we're going to continue this discussion on the shocking number of Americans who haven't seen a doctor in five years and uh, some of your healthcare questions, if you want to give us a buzz, feel free. We've got Dr. West with us uh, until the bottom of the hour. 866-505-4626 is our legacy line. Give us a call. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-482-5337. Valdez with an S. Well, Mr. Valdez, you have one of the greatest shows that radio's ever had. America night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. We're on with Dr. Jason West. He practices integrative medicine at the West Clinic in Ohio. Make sure you check them out. Uh, their website, westcliniconline.com, if you're in the Ohio area. Now, Dr. West, if people love you because they've heard you on the radio and we're having this conversation with 5 million of my closest friends and they decide they want to make you their new uh, primary care physician, can they do like telemedicine with you? Is, do you offer that service? Yes, uh, Rich, we do. And I know that you didn't mean to do this. It's Idaho. It's potato country, not <laughs> Ohio. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I get those confused. That's my ADHD yeah, dyslexia kicking in. Forgive me. So, but, but Rich, we do have a wonderful virtual telemedicine program where we help people across the street and across the country. And, and I was telling Tom as we were coming online, West Clinic Online is our main information site. But one of the things that we're really committed to do is we found that patients make really good clinical decisions when they have all their information in front of them. Like if they only get one 
viewpoint that it's just a surgery or the only way path possible is to do this um, you know, prescription pathway. That's, that's typically what they do. And so we put together just a pure information site called Best Medical Options. It's a free site. If you have a healthcare question, you can go there. You can fill in some information. Me and my team will look at it. And, and literally, we give you some recommendations and suggestions. It's a really neat thing. We've been doing it for about six months. And, and so if anybody, like, listen, wants to know, hey, what's a different way to look at things, or maybe I need a second viewpoint, we offer that service at bestmedicaloptions.com. Fantastic resource. Now, integrative medicine differs from internal medicine in that it incorporates other other practices like uh, holistic stuff. Is that right or am I wrong? No, you are exactly right. And, and at our office, we have a, a provider oath. And what the oath means is, look, we don't care who gets the credit as long as the patient gets better. So we have a blended approach where we have a a medical you know, director, a, a medical standpoint. We have an acupuncturist. We have a mind-body healer. We have a chiropractor. We have a nutritionist. And literally, we take these chronic, complex healthcare plans, and we look at it. We say, okay, how can we help this person from all of those v- different viewpoints? And our goal is to get people's energy back, get their body balanced by using the least amount of prescriptions, the least amount of supplements, the least amount of essential fatty acids and services as possible yet to change their physiology. What's the benefit to all of that? Is it like less mileage on your body, easier on the liver, or just more, you know, more cost effective? Well, I think it's all the above. You know, we practice that an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. We want to try and get ahead of diseases when possible. But even, even serious conditions where, you know, you, you have some autoimmune disorders or you have um, you know, your kidneys that are starting to go in the wrong direction or, or your heart's getting tired and enlarging. When we, when we look at a comprehensive multidiscipline approach, and a lot of times what we can do is we can give your body, you know, building blocks. We can give the right minerals, the right neurotransmitter precursors. One of our favorite things to do is to do something called NHP therapy, which stands for natural hormone precursors. So we're trying to get building blocks in your system so that you make your own hormones, you make your own adrenal hormones, your own thyroid hormones, your own liver hormones, so that you can become a self-sufficient system. And I I get excited about it because I feel like I have the best job on the planet because I get Mm. to go to work and I get to help people every day. That's fantastic. Uh, now, this uh, we, we have about a minute to go, but um, these, this NHP therapy, is that something you do with prescription drugs or supplements? How do you deliver that? Well, it's kind of in the middle. It's a, actually a provider-only natural supplement where we're uh, bringing in these extracts of, like, liver tissue, and we're importing peptides from Europe. But it's a really amazing way to help people to get their organs, and especially their their hormone pathways, which are chemical messengers allow their bodies to talk to each other. We can get it working right, and it's life-changing. Fantastic. Give everybody the, uh, the website one more time so that they're familiar with it. It's www.bestmedicaloptions.com. Folks, that's Dr. Jason West, uh, physician at West Clinic in Idaho. And it's westclinicconline.com. Dr. West, I want to thank you for being here. I'm going to look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Thanks. Thank you, Rich. Bye-bye.
America. Welcome back. And I want to jump into a topic. The topic I want to jump into is child trafficking. This continues to be a, a serious issue. We continue to see it happening at our open border. Joe El Baboso Biden turning a blind eye with his stooge in charge of the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. All of them are being considered for impeachment. I don't see anybody getting impeached. And the problem continues. And it's it's a horrible thing. And so many people, you know, have talk about this and we try to bring it up as often as possible. Whenever there's a story, we try to cover it. And there was a lot of stories around or at least a lot of attention on the topic when the movie came out a couple of months ago, The Sound of Freedom. And we talked about that as well. And I remember going to watch it and I was just, you know, really heartbroken at, at, at how serious of a problem it is and how they go about doing this business. It's It's really just horrible. And... The star of that movie is a guy named Tim Ballard, and he's, uh, in real life, he is a retired Department of Homeland Security special agent who went on, like, a rogue mission uh, to save some kids, and and he was able to save them. And he was brought uh, to Congress today to testify in a hearing. And this is a, um, again, a topic that's very important, I think, for all of us to cover. So I wanted to kind of go through the questions and the responses that were part of the hearing today in in detail, because this is something we have to pay attention to. So we've got Tim Ballard today at the hearing, Department of Homeland Security and the Health and Human Services, in his opinion, have become a child trafficking delivery service. And I've made comments similar to this saying that Joe Biden's overseeing the the largest human smuggling operation in, in the world and in American history. And it seems that it's only getting worse. Listen to this. Tragically, as a result of this administration's current policies, DHS and HHS have unwittingly become a child trafficking delivery service. This must stop. We must begin with finding the 85,000 missing unaccompanied children, which this administration claims is not their problem anymore. Congressman Smith's SECURE Act will help find them by holding HHS, DHS, and the FBI responsible for reporting on the status of the unaccounted for children. The SECURE Act will require these agencies to work together to locate them, assess their exposure to being trafficked, exploited, or abused, and to vet adults in their new homes for criminal activity. So we talked about this a few months back, several times when when this story broke and and even last year when uh, the information became available, when the woman testified in Congress, I'm forgetting her name right now, about these 85,000 missing children. They just they don't have an accounting of these children. And again, no matter how you want to slice that, this is bad, right? So if you're saying, look, we didn't lose the kids. We just don't have the paperwork on them and whatever it is, it's an administrative oversight. But I guarantee you we have the kids. All right, you could say that. I don't believe that. I think you you have 85,000 missing children. That's a huge number. And you've got other people that are going to slice that differently and say, you know what? No, you intentionally lost, looked the other way, turned a blind eye so that you could lose 85,000 children. That's why you have an open border where people are just coming straight across because you have a deal. You made a deal with the devil in order to allow human trafficking to happen. Now, Mr. Ballard... Um, 
modified right his uh, his his comment by saying HHS and DHS have unwittingly become a child trafficking delivery service. I would say unwittingly is is incredibly nice of him to say. I don't know that it's unwittingly. I think they know exactly what's going on, and this is part of the problem, right? Call me a conspiracy theorist. Let me get my tinfoil hat out. I don't think you'll just lose 85,000 human beings that are minors. I don't think it happens. I think it only happens when people want it to happen, when people are put into homes, when people are put into, into these facilities where they're being held because they're not here with a parent. And why, why on earth were they sent without a parent in the first place? Right. And, and this is I'm just thinking as a parent. And again, I don't know if you're a parent and maybe you differ from my opinion. Uh, but if I were in government. You know, you start seeing groups of kids come across the border with nobody or like some I've seen one video. They threw a four year old over the fence. He hit the floor like a sack of potatoes. Uh, he was hurt, but he didn't break anything. I guess you got to take that kid and get him medical care and do what you can. But when you see that happening at that large number. If you don't call in the cavalry, get your president on the phone with the president of Mexico and have a very harsh discussion about how you'd better. I would use my pressure, uh, the pressure that I have, the political leverage that I can muster as president. Right. I would literally call these guys and tell them, do you what Trump did? Right. I think Trump had it right. He slowed things down at the border when he told them, look, we we will consider you a narco terrorist state. If you don't slow things down and they did because they knew if they get labeled as a narco terrorist state, he would use the United States military to fight this problem. And they didn't want that. Nobody wants to go to war with the U.S., right? Nobody really wants that. And this is the approach that Joe Biden needs to take to say, look, enough is enough. There's enough children for me to sniff right here in the U.S. We don't need any more. And I mean, I'm making light of it because I'm making fun of Joe Biden, but it's not a it's not a a light situation. And this to me is, is, is where one of Biden's biggest failures, the border and this issue in particular, he needs to do better. America deserves better. These children deserve better. Anyway, we're going to continue with this and uh, your calls. If we can get to those, we will. The number 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night. With Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Best head of hair in live late night radio six years in a row. It's Rich Valdez. Call now 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. 
All right, America, welcome back. It's Rich Valdez, and I want to get your thoughts and opinions on what's going on at the border, and in particular, child trafficking. Let's go to the phones. Uh, we've got Kim in Michigan uh, listening on KDKA Online. Kim, welcome. Hi, Rich. Really good night. A lot of good topics. Thank you. Um, what I'm calling about is you were saying how Biden, if he really wanted to fix these 7 million illegals coming over, he could get with the president of Mexico and start making some threats and stuff. Um, and when President Trump gets back in, because uh, I believe Biden won't do this at all, because this is what he wants. But I think I think President um <laughs> President Trump, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I think mm-hmm. President Trump has two good aces up his sleeve. He has the money wire transfers that go between the U.S. and Mexico through, like, Western Union. That's a yeah. huge business where President Trump, and he did kind of lay down the law. That's how he got Mexico to work with him. The other thing is commerce. We get a lot of vegetables and avocados and tomatoes and this and all kinds of stuff from Mexico. He could shut down the border to commerce. And when President, like I say, President, it'll take President Trump to get back in and lay down the law. This could stop in one day with President Trump in office. And can I say something about Romney? Oh, sure. Do you want to congratulate him on his retirement? Yeah, I want to say um, to Romney, I think he was one of the ones that voted to impeach President Trump twice. And I wanted to tell him, don't let the door hit you in the bum on the way out, because nobody's going to miss you at all. (laughs) (laughs) Kim, well said. Well said. Now, let me ask you, what do you think about this situation with 85,000 missing kids and the ongoing saga of children being trafficked into the United States. Oh, it's, it's terrible. And Biden's uh, hip deep in it. He, this, he's a sicko and to let this happen. But I mean, I've been hearing things on, on the radio and stuff. There's this, on the other side, there's these people that call them, they're not called pedophiles anymore. The commiecrats call these people minor attracted individuals. Persons. Yeah, my, trying- maps. <laughs> yeah. What it's crazy. a bunch of sickos. Absolutely sick. You're, you're 100% right, Kim. And, and I agree that there are people that, you know, there's multiple motivations here, right? I, I'm not suggesting that it's just sex trafficking, which I'm sure is a part of it. I realize that there's, you know, there was a story that we covered here, I don't know, six, eight, ten weeks ago, where there were uh, midnight raids at, at several factories and they found that uh, a, a high percentage of the, the people working there were illegal immigrant children. So it, it's the new slave labor that, you know, they're being trafficked, and I'm sure they have to kick back money back to the cartels or whoever it is that smuggles them in. This is a very big, big problem that seems to be facilitated by our government. And I think this alone is something that we should be impeaching Biden on, and I don't know why we're not. uh, Kim, I almost called you Jim. (laughs) Kim, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Let's let's continue with uh, our calls here. I want to go to uh, Jane. Jane is in Saratoga, New York. Go right ahead. Hey, Rich. How are you? 
Um, I, I just want to mention you're talking about this child trafficking. Um, it, it was also it's it is so unconscionable. It, it's unbelievable. And I was um, I was a child abuse counselor for 30 years and part of child protection team. We branched out on our own in Vermont, say 25 years ago. Bernie Sanders was the head of one of the biggest child trafficking systems that you can even imagine. They had many How so? Rest, um, like, in, was this a government program that he was a part of? No, it was in um, New Hampshire and in Vermont. They had many, many oriental restaurants that they started opening. And these restaurants were hiring only single women with children who did not have a father. And these children started being trafficked out. They were, it was terrible. It was horrendous. And uh, Bernie Sanders was one of the biggest supporters. And now he is up in Burlington and he's trying to influence many young college students up in Burlington. And um, he is evil through and through, Bernie Sanders. I think he and Joe Biden are probably buddies, and another wife, probably brothers. And um, there were many Vietnamese people also who... Yeah, I just uh, want to understand this the right way, Kim, uh, Jane. The, the, this was like a, an organization that was bringing people in and they were doing the wrong thing? Or uh, how was he involved? Or what type of support was he offering? He wanted to come to the United States or people who wanted to not have to be on welfare. Um, he was supporting the restaurant owners, and he was supporting um, Planned Parenthood and really encouraging partial birth abortions in a really big way. And um, in many cases, there were Vietnamese families who were coming in and working in the area shops. And um, in the Oriental restaurants, and um, he, there was a really huge amount, and they hired only single women with small children or children who were of the age to be used. And um, it was a real, it was a horrendous thing, and and I would not be surprised to see that he is still involved in that. Um, he he is a corrupt person. He really is. And um, just just to know how these little children are used, I just, I'm, I won't even say what I wish. Cause I, I, yeah. I hope that I live to see God punish these people. I really yeah, well, do. Well said. And, and uh, I don't know much about this whole thing with Bernie Sanders and this Asian connection, but Definitely something for us to, to dig into. I'm going to let our producers know so we can take a look at it. Jane, thanks for the call from WGDJ, Saratoga, New York. And uh, we're going to continue with the audio from Tim Ballard at today's hearing on child trafficking at the U.S. southern border. Straight ahead. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. 
wife, my mother-in-law, and the kids, they all love, love Richie V because he's a great guy and people are going to learn to love you too. America at Night with Rich Valdez. Oh, that clip that we played right there, that's the great one, Mark Levin, wishing me luck on my very first show here. And um, the great one, Mark Levin, is a, is a fantastic broadcaster, a fantastic attorney. I'm grateful for his, for his support and his uh, mentorship over the years. And uh, just wanted to say that. Anyway, let us uh, continue. And, and yes, I hope that you take heed to his uh, admonition there and that you learn to love me as well. Let's continue with Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard, uh, again, he's the uh, subject of the film, The Sound of Freedom. Uh, the, the, the actor portrays him, Jim Caviezel, the guy who played Jesus. But this is the real-life Tim Ballard, uh, former Department of Homeland Security special agent. And at a hearing today on trial trafficking, uh, he says that Mayorkas is f- facilitating the trafficking of people and children. Listen to this. Are the catch-and-release policies of Secretary Mayorkas facilitating the trafficking of people and children? Absolutely. I, uh, what, what's happening is these children are being brought in. Let me, let me if I could. Sure. So, so the answer to that question is yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So worded another way, there are cases of human trafficking and sex trafficking of minors that are occurring that would not be occurring if these policies were not in place? That's correct. We've made it clear, in fact, the Attorney General, uh, Attorney General Garland, appointed by President Biden, admitted in the U.S. Senate that the cartels are using the catch-and-release policy strategically to overwhelm the Border Patrol agents and bypass them with drugs and trafficked humans. Do you believe Secretary Mayorkas knows there are human trafficking cases happening because of his policies? I do believe he knows that. So you, you believe he knows that what uh, Attorney General Garland admitted to the Senate. He, he knows that's happening. I don't know how he couldn't know. Now, of course, yeah, how would you not know that? What, are you blind? You do, do you not have a TV? Do you don't have a radio? You don't know what's going on? You don't have the Internet where you could read an article? I mean, it, it's all over the place. You just got to watch a little bit of the news or go on your social media and see these crazy videos of a million and two different independent reporters that are going down there. I mean, I think everybody but me has done some sort of special from the border. You had Congress go on the road, right? Uh, Jim Jordan did a hearing down there and and called this show live at the end of that hearing to give us an update on what was going on at the border. Everybody's been down to this border but me. Maybe I need to go down to the border and take the show on the road. Got to call our friends in Texas to see if uh, we could set up a, an arrangement there to do the show from there and and maybe I could go down there and see what's going on and give you my assessment of it. But I've seen the videos. I've heard the reports. How could Mayorkas not know what's going on? How could things be that out of control? You're literally the Secretary of Homeland Security and the President of the United States. If you don't have the power to fix it, who does? Anyway, uh, I want you to listen to what Tim Ballard says that the solution starts with the government actually doing something to enforce the law. Listen to this. Can you assess from your perspective exactly what Congress should do to help our, our agents at the southern border. First, we need to go find those 85,000 children, and we need to start enforcing the laws that Congress put upon the executive branch, which is to enforce the border. That's the most compassionate, and it's the only compassionate policy for children. All right, so that's Tim Ballard. We're going to continue. we got a couple more clips of audio of his. We're going to continue this conversation, plus Open Phone America. Don't miss it. It's coming up now. 
Live from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. America's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. Happy to be here with you. It's Wednesday night. The phone number, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And it's Open Phone America, right? That's a time-honored tradition here on this program. Uh, Open Phone America has been around for 45 years, right? It's the final hour of the program, and... Uh, uh, it's a tradition I'll maintain here. It started with Larry King back when he started the show in 1978, the year that I was born, and continued for three decades by the late, great Jim Bohannon. And, of course, we're going to continue that tradition with you all straight across America. And it's, it's really an honor to be on in Alaska, in Hawaii, in New York, in so many great markets where we get to speak with listeners from literally every corner of the country. And uh, I, I really uh, appreciate that because you, you get different perspectives and you get different accents, right? During the break, we were talking about accents and how, um, you know, sometimes people can hear my New York accent, but most of you can't. And that's because I worked really, really hard to, to not be pigeonholed ever. When I started working, like in my 20s, uh, I remember I didn't want to sound like I was from Brooklyn because I thought, you know, I'd be perceived a certain way. And I, you know, I just tried to pr pronounce words as best as I could. And uh, here I am today. I talk on the radio, which is, uh, which is a real blessing. Anyway, enough about that. I want to get into some of the stories that we've got tonight. There's a bunch of things that I want to jump into. We have some audio clips. We were talking about human trafficking uh, at, at the bottom of the last hour. And there's a, a story coming out of California. Lawmakers pass child sex trafficking bill after stalling from Democrat opposition. Just imagine that. A child trafficking bill proposed by Republicans that was being held up by Democrats in the California legislature. Like, why on earth would you do that? How do you think that's a win in any way? Assembly Democrats had previously held up the bill before reversing course after public outcry and some changes to the bill. Yeah, of course the public is going to make an outcry. People don't want this. They don't want you to stop um, a law that's going to go after child traffickers and help children to be safer. Anyway, California lawmakers on Wednesday passed a bill that would classify child sex trafficking as a serious felony. Following the controversy, that briefly stalled the legislation and became a divisive issue amongst state Democrats. The California legislature passed Senate Bill 14 in a unanimous vote of approval in the state Senate. The bill now heads to the desk of Governor Gavin Newsom, who has signaled support for this legislation in the past. Under the terms of the bill, child sex trafficking would be classified as a serious felony and would be a strikeable offense, meaning some offenders could receive significant prison time for it. Well, thank God, right? I mean, what kind of world do we live in where if you're a child trafficker, you, you get a slap on the wrist? That's insanity. Anyway, here is a quote from State Senator Sharon Grove, who authored SB 14. Today is a huge victory for every survivor who has shared their story in hopes of making a change 
with Senate Bill 14. With the passage of this bill, we're sending a clear message to repeat child traffickers. We intend to put you out of business and into prison. Now, the fact that we have repeat child traffickers is insane to me. How, how do you have a situation where you get arrested for child trafficking and then we let you out to do it again? I mean, am I the only person that feels like that doesn't make any sense at all? Anyway, the bill was expected to sail right through the state legislature until Assembly Democrats in the California legislature uh, decided not to advance the bill. They said they had concerns that it would have possibly penalized trafficking victims and trapped them in the criminal justice system. This issue led to public outrage and death threats against some of the committee members. Of course. I mean, it only makes sense if you're going to not protect kids. Somebody is going to have the, the gall to say, you know what? Die. <laughs> I don't condone it, but I could totally see it happening. And, uh, of course, this rift prompted Governor Newsom to publicly weigh in on the matter. So the bill that was passed earlier today on Wednesday uh, with a few minor amendments such as exempting human trafficking uh, victims uh, as not being criminalized. The The bill was, let's see, uh, positioned, uh, proposed rather, for by state Republicans in a legislature that was dominated by Democrats, and that's a good thing. So there's still some hope in legislating coming out of California. <clears throat> now, I don't know about you, but I think this is some pretty crazy stuff. Now, yesterday there was a story that I did not get into uh, with respect to this prisoner, right, who escaped from prison and then he holed up in somebody's garage and stole a rifle and then was on the run. And then he got caught by by a aerial uh, unit that caught his heat signature and then put the dogs on him and they got the guy. And it, it's just uh, an interesting story that we still have these prison breaks as if, we, you know, this were the days of Alcatraz. And I think too few people realize that the whole penal system is one of those things where you're literally outnumbered, right? You've got one prison guard, a corrections officer with, you know, to, to every, I don't know, 50, 60 inmates, 15 inmates, whatever the number is. It's Either way, you're outnumbered. And it, it's, it's a tough position, man. Kudos to everybody serving in the prisons and the jails as uh, guards and corrections officers. Definitely a tough, tough gig where you're outnumbered and you got to be tough. I got a good friend of mine who used to be a barber with me who became a state corrections officer. And I remember after his first year, uh, he was, you know, decent sized guy. But after the first year, this guy hit the gym hard and he became huge. I mean, incredibly jacked. And he said, bro, you got to be big. It's the only way that, that they'll have any respect for you because they'll realize, you know, this guy, could, he could hold his own. And it makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, let's go, go to your calls. 833-482-5337 is the phone number, 833-4-VALDEZ. Let's go to North Carolina, WTKF, and check in with Matt. What's up, Matt? You're on with Rich Valdez. Go right ahead. Hello, Rich. Uh, that subject you just said, how you doing tonight, first of all? Good, brother. I'm, I'm doing good. How about you? Okay. Um, about that, uh, a lot of people don't realize, your 5 million listeners will realize that guy, the escape prisoner, murdered a woman in Brazil, allegedly. I have to say that because he was on a run for it, so we know he did it. And then I heard he heard he stabbed his girlfriend 38 times in Pennsylvania. And the third point I want to make is, well, two more points quickly, if you will. Sure, go right ahead. It's too bad 
that the number one, the homeowner wasn't better with his pistol. He needs to go to get some, uh, you know, some practice. So that way, we, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't be giving him free room and board the rest of his life as an illegal alien. And three squares a day. Uh, I tell you what, I hope those prisoners don't sleep too much of him. Sounds like a real sweetheart of a guy, right? A real gem. Unbelievable, man. pounds, five feet tall. <laughs> I tell you, and people think that we don't have a problem in America, right? They want to say, no, you're cherry-picking the issues. How could I not cherry-pick the issues? That's an, a horrible story. I mean, it ends well with them catching the bad guy. But wow, right? Uh, unbelievable that that even happened. Matt, thanks for the call, brother. I appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Uh, folks, again, the phone number 833-482-5337. I'm coming back to your calls. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. By the way, your ratings are up. Congratulations. I had somebody. It's always nice to check. I like to see, even if they're friends, I like to see how are they doing? Are people listening, right? That's but right. You're, you're doing great. America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. And earlier I mentioned uh, Susanna Gibson. Does that ring a bell? Well, I, I'm going to get to her in a moment. But first, I want to talk about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Now, you might, might remember I discussed them, I don't know, a few months back. Let me see if I have the date here just for my own reference. Let's see. It was June 19th. On June 19th, I remember I played a clip of audio of one of the sisters, Sister Unity, uh, from Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And she was doing an interview with Natalie Carey of Red Liberty Media. And I saw this on Instagram. By the way, follow me on Instagram if you can. Uh, I always post interesting stories there. And the, the, the conversation was just so remarkable. It was a very long conversation. We have a short clip of it. Uh, about 30 seconds or so. And I want you to just listen to it as to revisit it. Not mocking. I'm using satire. You're absolutely it's mocking when you put Jesus on a cross and you pole dance on Like our bullies, you are putting words in my mouth. And I really there, don't... Everybody's it. seen it. Everybody has seen it. Yes, everyone has seen the satire that we do. And then they describe it in these terms that make them, oh, I'm being... I am telling you, as a Christian, as a Christian, that is extremely, extremely offensive. When I see my God... On the cross, mom. You're using your God to make me look bad, to make me look foolish, to beat me up. Why can't you just say, yeah, that was wrong? You could just say, yeah, because that was it is wrong. it's not wrong to heal people who were beaten and shot for being gay and trans. How dare you, madam? How dare you, madam? He sounds like he stole a page out of the playbook of Greta Thunberg. How dare you? Now, 
you know, it, it's fascinating. It, it, we're, he's healing people from getting beaten and whatever by dressing up in orange polka dots and wearing this big sheet on top of him and getting one of his, um, you know, they're all dressed in drag as nuns, right? They're, they're mocking the faith. Uh, but on top of that, they get a guy that's in a, in a loincloth and he has a beard on and he's, he's, he's pole dancing on a crucifix. This is how they heal people that have been beaten in the name of um, homosexuality, transsexuality, in their opinion, right? Because they're the good guys here. Now, flash forward to today. Headline, New York Post. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence drag group member caught masturbating at popular California park. That's according to a police report. A member of the controversial Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence drag group was arrested last month after police said he blatantly masturbated for an hour in broad daylight at a popular California park. Clinton Monroe Ellis Gilmore, 53 years old, allegedly made no attempts to hide the preferred act around 6.45 p.m. on August 12th. He was at Table Bluff County Park in Lolita, a coastal community 15 miles south of Eureka, California. According to numerous witnesses, Ellis Gilmore had been at that location for approximately one hour, sitting in his truck with the door open, masturbating. That's according to Humboldt County Sheriff's Office. There was still an hour of sunlight left when he was cuffed at the beachside park. So imagine that. It's daytime. Maybe somebody's going for a little surf, maybe taking their kids, you know, for, for an afternoon swim. And there's the good old drag queen nun, sister of perpetual indulgence, pleasuring herself, himself, in his car. With the door open. So inviting someone to join. Whatever type of uh, deal he's got going on there. Ellis Gilmore was arrested and charged with indecent exposure, a misdemeanor that can get him up to six months of prison time, a $1,000 fine, and a requirement to register as a sex offender. Oh, you got to see this guy. Wow, what a he looks like a walking corpse. The uh, drag queen who goes by Queen Beth C. Kim. Queen Beth C. Kim. I don't know what that means, but that's the name he goes by. Appeared shirtless in his mugshot and flashed a, a stifled smirk. His Facebook page is littered with images of himself dressed as a nun and participating in events run by the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, the trans queer group that was invited and uninvited and then reinvited to the Los Angeles Dodgers Pride Night uh, celebration back in June. Thousands of demonstrators descended on the stadium, if you remember when that happened, to protest the pregame ceremony in which the baseball team honored the local chapter of Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, whose members dress up in drag in traditional Catholic nun habits with the Dodgers Community Hero Award due to their life-saving work, air quotes. Now, critics have blasted the group as blatantly perverted, sexual, disgusting, and an anti-Catholic hate group. It's not clear whether uh, Mr. Ellis Gilmore is still an active member of the Sisters, but pictures indicate he was once associated with its Eureka chapter. There you go. There's another picture of him dressed as like some sort of Girl Scout here. Again, this is a grown man in his 50s, a bald one at that. So he's got lots of wigs. 
One witness to the alleged uh, act said that the drag queen parked two spots away from his trailer and had his left leg out of the open door and the right leg up on the dashboard with no pants on, which gave him a full view of what he says Mr. Gilmore was, quote, playing with himself. Well, I can't even read this one on the radio. Um, it's obvious you can't help but see this guy. He's not even hiding it. It's a quote from another witness. Ellis Gilmore allegedly gradually shed his clothes during his hour-long ordeal in his car until he was completely naked, despite multiple cars passing by through the parking lot, many of whom sought a view of the, the beach. Unbelievable. Now, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's no way to excuse this, right? This guy is a sexual deviant. Seems like he's a predator in many ways, preying on the people in the park, maybe looking for a friend who does the same thing. Whatever the case is. Listen, I get that people have different things and they're into different uh, types of activities. I, I do. I get it. You just, you got, you can't do it that way. You can't do this type of thing in a place where there might be kids around at a park. You know, and that's the problem. A lot of people that get into this activity, there used to be a place when I was in high school that all the guys used to go, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was called the Bird Sanctuary. And people would go there because it was kind of out of plain view. And people would go there to like smoke pot and, you know, be out of view in the park. And they stopped going because people doing this car hookup thing that this guy was doing started going there, meeting up in their cars or whatever, or meeting up and then going down into the bird sanctuary, which was like a nature trail, and doing all sorts of crazy stuff down there. Same type of thing. And eventually the, the teenagers that were there smoking pot had to leave because they were displaced. But none of those guys were dressed up as nuns. And none of them were like fully naked. They were just weirdos. And it, it just amazes me. This is the group that the Dodgers wanted to um, and did uh, give their community award to for their life-saving work. That's how he's saving lives. He's naked in his car. Unbelievable. Anyway, you guys get to weigh in on this one. Uh, 833-482-5337 is the phone number. 833-4-VALDEZ. And uh, we're going to get to your calls straight ahead on this topic and everything else we've discussed, plus whatever you want to bring to the table. That's always um, on, on the table for Open Phone America. So don't move a muscle. And remember, check us out at richvaldezamericaatnight.com. Richvaldezamericaatnight.com is the website. In case you've missed any of the interviews, uh, you can catch them there on demand anytime. Don't go anywhere. Coming back. Valdez, who again will do a fine job, but I know you'll enjoy listening to him. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. We're going to get to your calls in a moment. I just wanted to remind you, I'm going to jump into the story uh, after we do a couple of calls. Uh, Susanna Gibson, she has been blasting her opponents 
for gutter politics after her sex videos have surfaced. And again, this is a woman running for the Virginia House of Delegates. She's a candidate for office. And she's mad at people because they found out that her and her husband made sex videos, posted them online, and sold them. You know, like whether it's OnlyFans or some other website. So we're going to get into that in a moment. But I, I think this is just crazy. The whole thing is crazy. And, uh, you know, I guess I should say disappointed but not surprised. But I think this did surprise me, honestly. You know, uh, how do you get mad at somebody doing that when you did it in the first place? Anyway, let's go to your calls. Uh, let's see what we got here. We've got calls from Indiana, Ohio, Missouri, Maine, and more coming in. I want to start off in Indiana, Bedford, Indiana, WBIW. Sarah, welcome. You're on with Rich Valdez. Go right ahead. Hey, good talk to you as always. Uh, nice to hear I from think you. that, yeah, I, I think these groups like the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and the people pushing the drag queen story hours, they're the continent that's typified by those groups that I really think want a double standard. They want to do uh, behaviors that would be considered sexually predatory, but they can get away with it because of their persuasion, and then they'll claim it's a hate crime. Uh, I've seen a video of a drag queen story hour. person was wearing Daisy Duke shorts and knee-high and was reading a book to kids, and they came and said, shake your booty. Now, first off, I work as a janitor at school. You couldn't even shake your tush side by side. You don't, I mean, I know... It's a very strict protocol for dealing with children, and you wouldn't even talk about shaking your hips to little kids. Well, this person went a step further. They did a thrust back and forth, and then said, now, and then she shook her booty again and did the forward and thrust again. And I'm like, if I showed up in that outfit, plus did stuff like that, I would be fired and probably arrested. And yet here they are under the aegis of drag queen story hour tolerance. They're letting this person groom their kid. Wow. You know, uh, I agree with you. I think the whole thing is, is crazy. And I, I think I've seen the video you're talking about when I was scrolling on social media. And, and there's so many of them. And I've shared a couple today. If you're following me on Instagram, check out the stories that I've shared earlier today. Uh, remarkable, right? Uh, and I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people that, you know, if I did it, if you did it, and why would you do that? That's wrong. But if anybody did that, it'd be like, oh, that's wrong. You can't do that. But if you're somehow, uh, you know, an avowed drag queen, or, or someone in the trans community, um, it, it, this is somehow allowed. And again, I'm not beating up on, on people for, for how they live their lives. I'm beating up on what they're doing to children, right? I, I, I truly am very libertarian in that aspect. I have my own views that are, are uh, positions of faith where I view things. But, you know, somebody once told me a long time ago that... I can't hate somebody because they sin differently than I do. Now, that may offend some that I think that the, the way they do their thing is sin. But my point is, I'm also sinning. There's a ton of things that I do that are bad, right? Whether it's the way I eat, the, you name it. The way I drive, the way I react to people that cut me off, you name it. I lose my cool around my kids. So, uh, listen, I'm no saint. And and my point is, you know, um, he who hasn't sinned gets to cast the first stone, I get it, and, and I want to be empathetic to people who, who do different things and do your thing. But when it comes to trying to teach children, persuade children, indoctrinate children, uh, prey upon children, put children in harm, right? I think every parent, every human, whether they're a parent or not, if it was my, my wife, my mother, my girlfriend, my, my, your grandmother, anybody, right? Anybody, and I don't have a wife anymore, but when I did, 
Uh, if, if that were the case and they were walking by and saw this guy, um, the sister of perpetual indulgence in his car doing his thing, butt naked with his leg hanging out the door and his other leg up on the dashboard and just having a show for everybody, this can't be defended, right? Nobody should have to endure that. That may make many people, men, men and women alike, uncomfortable. Now, I'm sure there's other people that stop and throw a dollar at him. And say, hey, great job. Thanks, pal. Appreciate the show. You know, I'm sure there's other people that be, hey, need a hand? You know, I'm sure there's all sorts of people. But the bottom line is just because there might be some that are in favor of that behavior doesn't mean you're allowed to do it. And that's why we have laws against lewd behavior and public indecency and whatnot. So it makes all the sense in the world to me that people are outraged. And what you're saying makes all the sense in the world, too, that, you know, for somehow because you're part of a drag group or whatever the case is, that you're going to try and uh, capitalize on this and to say, hey, this is what I'm doing to, um, you know, as a, a way to heal the community or whatever. You've got to be kidding me. You're a sicko and you were doing sick things. Uh, Sarah, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Big shout out to everybody in Bedford, Indiana, WBIW. Uh, let us continue. Let's see, where do we go here? Let us go to, oh, we got two Marks. Let's go to Mark in Cleveland, Ohio, WNIR. Go right ahead. This is the second time I've talked to you, uh, and it's. I think uh, your show is great. Thank you, sir. Um, I appreciate that. You know, um, that um, the uh, upcoming uh, budget that has to be done by uh, the end of the month. You yeah, know, two it, weeks away. Two weeks away from what I hope, Mark, will be a shutdown. I hope that we put an end, uh, you know, stop the bleeding a little bit. We're spending way too much. I think this is a wake-up call. My buddy called me about this, uh, like one of my best friends in the world. He called me earlier, and he's like, you know what's going on with whatever? And I heard that there might be one. And I said, you know what? Every Saturday and Sunday and holidays when the government shut down, things are fantastic, right? It, it, it's no biggie. It's no sweat off my back. Because you know what? The, the reality in life that I've learned is that most people, at least me uh, and many that I know, don't really live for the government, right? We, we don't really subsist because of them. I mean, in many ways, we subsist in spite of them and the, the, the crazy taxes that we pay. So I, I think no sweat off my brow. And, of course, they're going to start with their usual rhetoric. Republicans are trying to take away Social Security from old people. Republicans don't want the military to get paid. Republicans want – you name it, they're going to go for it. But the bottom line is I think Republicans uh, are, are trying to make a point that we can't continue to spend. And you have to take a hardline approach. You know, in, in life, in anything, if people know that you're in a position where you can't walk away, they're going to take advantage of you. When people know what your limit is, they're going to get you every single time. So you have to impose boundaries for yourself, for your own self-respect, for your own dignity, and, and, and say, look, I'm not going to vote for this or I'm not going to pass another continuing resolution. And I wish more members of Congress would do it and say, you know what, I'm not voting on another continuing resolution until we actually pass a balanced budget. I'm not. If that were to happen, I'd say within three months, we'd have a balanced budget, hopefully sooner. Just imagine what kind of holiday that would be, right? Three months of no government. I'm sure some people would pay a little bit of a price 
and you know they would claim it's chaos and no funding for this and nobody there and what happens when you call the IRS and nobody's there and you can't go to a national park or whatever the case is i realize that there there will be some implications but nothing in my opinion that is worse than not balancing our federal budget and i hope the republicans have the backbone to say you know what i was elected to do a job and i'm going to do it and doing this might cost me my election because the media is going to beat me up, but hopefully we get to where it goes. And again, this was part of um, my criticism early on when Matt Gates and others were, and again, it wasn't a criticism, it was more of an observation, where I said, you know, we have to be careful what we're doing, because I understood why they were doing what they were doing, but we also had to take the win, right? And you got to take the win when you get it. I don't believe a continuing resolution is a win. I do believe that, that what those guys did was they were negotiating and I felt like at the, at the early onset of it that it might have been for naught and that it might have given the Democrats more leverage than they needed to have. But at the end of the day, we weakened the power of the office of speaker so that they don't wield this uh, kind of unilateral power. And at the same time, we were able to, to get to a place where they can hold the leader accountable. So I like McCarthy, and I think he does a good job balancing between moderates and, and conservatives, because I do believe you have to govern. But at the same time, I believe governing has to be done fairly and righteously and, and earnestly. And if we're not doing right by the budget, we're not doing right by the people. That's my bottom line. Mark? Yeah, um, I agree with you totally, except that we have to uh, – you. For the elderly, the retired uh, people that depend on on that, their uh, Social Security or whatever, uh, you know, you you got, we have to the thing the thing the, the thing about uh, the government is they're they go into their sessions and they and they and they have these uh, Republican de- or Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, disagreements, and then they're trying to work it out and all this stuff when they're in session. And I don't know, is that, I, I would like to know how many of them uh, are, how often, it doesn't seem to me like they're half the time they're in uh, in Washington. And, right, like do they and, actually and go back to their district, I think is what you're saying. And uh, I agree with you. I think everybody needs to spend time in their district. But the bottom line is nobody's Social Security is going to stop as a result of a government shutdown. That's that's the bottom line. In order for them to really do that, it would be because Biden is actually going an extra step to have to have that suspended. That's not something that's going to happen in a government shutdown. So uh, no sweat off my brow. Uh, I don't think any senior citizens or folks that are on on SSI, SSD or or the um, Social Security payments. They're, they're not going to miss them. And this has a, been a consistent lie of theirs because I believe they'll make good on it. I believe that they'll say, you know, that Biden will take the extra step to make sure he can stop absolutely everything he can to make sure people are hurt in the process. Anyway, I appreciate it, Mark. I'm going to take a quick pause right here. We're going to come right back to the rest of your calls in Atlanta, Missouri, and Maine, and uh, others that I see coming in from, looks like Pennsylvania. More to come straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 
And he's breaking it down. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. So we've got a news clip I want to play for you before we get into your calls. Uh, of Susanna Gibson, the the candidate for the Virginia House of Delegates who was, you know, outed, somebody found her sex videos online, which she sells, you know, quite publicly. And uh, she's upset that that was put out there by her political opponents. I mean, I can't imagine why she'd be upset. If, if I was someone that made sex videos and sold them, could I really get mad at somebody for putting that out there? I mean, really, it's not like it was a private one that, you know, somebody stole from me. I'm talking about somebody who sells them online. Listen to this. On Monday, Washington Post journalist Laura Vozella reported that Democratic candidate Susanna Gibson, who is running for the House of Delegates seat in the 57th, quote, performed sex acts with her husband for a live audience and encouraged viewers to pay them with tips. Vozella wrote that the videos were originally streamed on a website, but the Post viewed the videos on another site because the videos on the original site are streamed live but are often archived on other publicly available sites. Vozella reported it was a Republican operative who alerted the Post to the video. Gibson is running against Republican David Owen. He told the Post, I'm sure this is a difficult time for Susanna and her family, and I am remaining focused on my campaign. As for Gibson, we have requested an interview with her and are waiting to hear back. She did send us a statement that reads, This is an illegal invasion of my privacy designed to humiliate me and my family. It won't intimidate me and it won't silence me. My political opponents and their Republican allies have proven they are willing to commit a sex crime to attack me and my family because there is no line they won't cross to silence women when they speak up. They are trying to silence me because they want to to silence you, and I won't let that happen. My opponent and his allies know that the people of this district are on our side on the issues, so they are stooping to the worst gutter politics. There is too much at stake in this election, and I'll never stop fighting for our community. All right, and that's a report from WTVR Richmond, CBS affiliate. Uh, Let me uh, just say again, she says it's an invasion of her privacy. This woman was selling these videos online. There's a screenshot here in the, in the newspaper. Hot wife experience. I mean, she did this, right? I mean, she did this. The, the, the date on it is the, the 5th of September, 2022. So as recently as then, this was online. She's got a big smile on her face and she appears to be nude and it's cropped so you can't really see it. But... I mean, if you're going to do this, how could you say that this is an attack on your children when you're the one doing it? It's not like you, you made a video with your husband for the heck of it on your cell phone and somebody hacked you. I mean, come on, lady. Really? 
Anyway, I want to get to your calls on this. Uh, straight ahead, don't move a muscle. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, it's the speed round. Keep it to one sentence, and we're going to keep it moving. Let's go to Sam calling from Pittsburgh, KDKA. Go right ahead. Hey, uh, thoughts on uh, – just wanted to make a comment on your uh, your thoughts on uh, uh, banning uh, drag shows because it sexualizes uh, children and, it you know, it, it poses a, a possibility of grooming. Thoughts on uh, banning uh, Catholic churches. Yeah, um, go, I don't get the the similarity. Well, well, because you know they have there's actual proof of them grooming and raping kids. Right. Well, this is a, obviously a concern that people have in the Catholic Church, but parents make that choice to go there, just like parents make the choice to go to to drag shows. I think the issue with drag shows that we've seen has been drag shows that are sanctioned by the government, whether it's a drag show coming into a public library that's taxpayer funded or uh, coming into a kindergarten classroom or being on a military base or whatever the case is. It's the government's endorsement of drag shows that needs to be stopped. Number one. Number two, I think if you're if you're taking your kid to a drag show, that's on you. Uh, The question then becomes, you know, we have ratings on films where we don't allow kids to come then why are we, you know, exposing them to some of that same type of content? Now, the possibility of a kid getting hit by a car or a kid getting um, raped by a, a priest is a possibility if they're an altar boy, if they're involved. But if you're just attending church on Sunday, I doubt that's going to happen. But thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Lowell in Atlanta, WGKA. Very quickly, go right ahead. Yes, sir. Great show. I have two things. One is uh, Yung Chang, she, uh, Wild Swan. She survived the Communist Revolution. Second thing is Yuri Bezmenov, cultural subversion. He's a Russian agent who talked about how the, the Russians use cultural subversion to yeah. destroy another culture. Yeah, well, I, you know, I did a whole show on that, on Yuri Bezmenov, and a lot of his, his admonitions from um, back before he died. And uh, you're right. That's exactly how they do it. And um, the guy was terrific. He ended up exiled in Canada. I wish there were more like him, and uh, maybe we'll play that again, maybe tomorrow night if we can. Thank you, Lowell. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go to, what? no, can't go to anybody. I'm sorry. Allison, I owe you. Eric, I owe you. Mark, I owe you. Please call back tomorrow. We'll put you to the front of the line. I promise. Tried to get to as many as I could tonight, and I apologize. Uh, take care. Good night. God bless. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, we're going to do it all again tomorrow. Big shout-out to KLIF in Dallas, Texas, and the rest of the stations you guys are calling from. Don't go anywhere. There's another great show coming up after me. So don't move a muscle. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.